I'm one of the boys, being Chris on the internet one day. A Chris said to know, let's make a podcast, boy. Come on now, what do you say? Well, what will this podcast be about? To deal with a tear in his eye. We got stories that people tell each other from Louisiana Fire to the city of Mumbai. Oh, you mean urban legends. And the podcast was Urban Legends with Bill and Chris. You take care, y'all. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Urbane Legends, the podcast about urban legends and stuff that's a bit like urban legends but isn't really. Uh, I am Chris Flynn and in my spare time I like to dress in a nice black suit and put some shades on and follow Dan Aykroyd around to shit him up. And uh, with me is uh, the leader of a, a new kind of gang or sect called the Sons of Colin. It's Mr... Neil Herbert. Hi, Neil. How are you doing? You enjoying in, enjoying the heat? Well, I mean, we're all just getting closer to hell every day, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Is that, is that one of the teachings? Pleasure. Is that one of the teachings of the Sons of Colin? It's mostly a very detailed treatise about all of the things that are wrong with the world, Yeah, as I see them, and why God agrees in every way with me and how we should... You and know. You're, you're running this out of... Um, uh, static home park is that is that correct up, up uh, on the cliff? It's a static. Well, it's a static caravan that I've parked up near Saltine Lido. Yeah, yeah. And um, keeps uh, me cool in the summer. Yeah, warm in the winter. Get to see that nice Art Deco building as well. Mm, yeah. Mm. Got approves of Art Deco, Chris. Does he? Mm. So, One of his um, favourite architectural styles. Really, I always thought of yeah. him more of a Baroque man, but no, not into those flourishes. Well, I'm not a son of Colin, so I wouldn't know. No, um, how many uh, how many members are you up to now? Uh, we're approaching double figures. Nice. And you're all married to each other, is that true? They're all married to me, yeah. All married to you. This is the will of God, not my, my will. Um, are there any... Uh, would you... I mean, for, for those... I mean, because I'm interested... I mean, um, God does preach that any woman not married to me is... is all man. Sin. Yeah, all man, I'm not fussy. Yeah. Um, is there, uh, so I'm interested. Um, would you be able to give me the elevator pitch of the of the Sons of Colin? Why, why should I join? Well, it's quite simple. Do you want to burn in hell for all eternity? Or undecided. Would you to to heaven? I'm undecided on that. What kind of things do you get up to? Um, it's mainly kind of like drinking white lightning in a nice. static caravan. Okay. Near, um, okay. Um, huh? bit of preaching to passers by, yeah. Ranting, some would call it nice. Other in tongues, trying to mooch free. I mean, that one, you will if you're drinking a lot of white cider, you will start but speaking yeah, in tongues. tongues it's, yeah, it's, that's it's cause and effect. Yeah, um, it's just simple science to point out to people. So do you? So are I can't you know, help it. They point out you drink less white cider. So, so are you believers in science? Is it kind of like a, a, a science slash religio? Um, all of the science that agrees with my worldview. Otherwise, right. it's heresy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, what happens to heresy? If, if it enriches me, oh, they all. They That's... well, I would I would strongly encourage um, people Conform. to judge them most harshly, okay, in a murdering way. Um, okay. But if not, God will sort them out. Don't worry. And so you're you're getting tax breaks. Is that is that right? You yeah. Is that, is that you use the same loophole that, uh, you know, what's his face? Um, Scientology man. Oh, God, yeah. I forgot his name. Andres Thompson? Andres Thompson, that's it. Yes, of that's course. It. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, J.K. Rowling, that's it. That's <laughs> um, you, you, um, you wouldn't allow her to join, would you? <laughs> no. It's the one person that God doesn't want me to marry. Um, okay. I was well, to talk about fucking... Mo- Do you know what? I'm huh? going to go offline there a little bit. I was, I was, right. When I was doing some research podcast, I was, I was looking up Grindylows. What? Um, so apparently it's like a mythical creature from the UK. It's like, right. you know, it's one of our... I don't know, it's like a little frog feather or something. Okay, and just everything right. was about fucking Harry Potter because mm. she put it in some story about mug. Oh, oh fuck off! Not yeah, this. yeah. I like the fact that she's taking dub- off folklore and turning into fucking big pot shit. Yeah, I like the fact that she's doubled down on her um, transphobia. That's good. She didn't. She didn't go. This hasn't gone well and back off. She's actually doubled down on it now. It's nice, isn't it? Committed to a belief like Lenny Raffenstein. What I would say is uh, a couple of days ago, we had Trans Pride in Brighton uh, and uh, 20,000 people came came along. And that's uh, the one, I think that's the biggest, biggest in the world now. So, you know, I love my city. Wouldn't want to live anywhere else. So, Neil, um, how do you feel about uh, Mysterious Islands? Was a fan. Then I watched all of Lost. Mm. A bit less of a fan now since I found... Well, if the Mysterious Island turns out to have just basically been magic... or whatever. I quite enjoyed Lost, actually, but it got very silly at the end. Yeah, no, I'm in for it. I'm up for a Mysterious Island. Okay. Well, you're in luck, Neil, because um, we are going to be looking at the island of... Uh, Bameha, which is how I'm going to pronounce it. It's not Atlantis, but it's not bad. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just um, this week, what I'm going to be doing is using my eyes Mm -hmm. to look at the symbols. The power of vision, yeah. The power of vision, to look at at the symbols and then use my memory to remember what those symbols sound like. Yeah. And then convert that into sound into noises which I make through my mouth and throat by you can commune through the podcast to the listeners and then put that into the microphone record yeah. it now this sounds like a complicated process but as you know I've got a bit of a supercomputer of a brain so the whole process of seeing the symbol converting it then being then making the sound of the symbol out loud takes a matter of minutes for me so well, you know, I've just been, and as you know, I've just been trying to feed photos into this microphone, and just nothing is happening. So I don't, I don't know what, why it's not working. Yeah, you cracked your phone screen, didn't you? <laughs> well, that's one of many problems with what I'm doing. <laughs> so the island of Bameja, which I think that's correct because it's uh, Spanish, so B E R M E J A. Yeah, it might be a, a B. Sometimes is more like a V in Spanish than they have, perhaps, but I don't know. Well, I'm going to say Bameja. Don't know the rules around that. So, uh, Isla Bameja, Mexico's disappearing island. And this Ooh. is from MexicoUnexplained.com. Uh, and it's by, it was uh, posted in 2018 by uh, Robert Bitto. So, you ready to go? I am. I'm ready for a world of adventure. Yeah, you got your knee pads on? Always wearing knee pads, reinforced with memory foam. Good. In springs. So, on the Mexico uh, uh, Quiritaro Highway on August the 4th, 1998, 
a semi-truck slammed into the side of a car carrying two passengers. Surprising the car opening, carrying two passengers it? or the truck? I would imagine the car, mm. based on how the sentence was formed. Uh, one, the driver was unharmed. The other person in the car was killed instantly. Mm. The passenger was 74-year-old Jose Angel Conchelo Davila, a Mexican senator and former head of the Mexican political party known as Pan, like the uh, like the flute lad. Mm, sounds like shenanigans. <laughs> he was a big fan of Shakespeare. While, hold, while holding off many offices and posts in his long and distinguished political career, Senator Concello was perhaps best known for what was otherwise would have been... Oh, sorry. See, like I said, it's like it, it takes a while. Yeah, supercomputer, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but I said a couple of minutes. You know. still, still warming. I still got, I'm still putting coal in it. I'm um, very much child Babbage's supercomputer. <laughs> Uh, it was best known. My mind's that old old thing that they dug up from a Greek. Yeah, I mean, see, I mean, half Greek my body is made is made of brass, as you know, because I'm a steampunk. Um, so Senator Concello was perhaps best known for what otherwise would have been would have amounted to a footnote to history. He was a tireless defender of the existence of uh, Isla Bermeja a small island about 100 kilometres off the coast of the Yucatan, which had appeared on maps uh, on and off across the centuries and in recent times had not been confirmed as real. Concello reasoned that if the island was proven real, it would extend Mexico's maritime territorial claim, claim much further into the Gulf of Mexico and would secure Mexico's rights to billions of barrels of petroleum and untold mineral resources within an expanded Exclusive Economic Zone, or EEZ, of Mexico. So, mm. Mystery Island, Mineral Rights, Dead Senator. Well, CIA work, maybe? Well, we'll see, won't we? Maybe. Senator Concello uh, advocated rediscovering the island building a lighthouse or some other improvements there and establishing a permanent Mexican president on Bermeja. All the while, Mexico was negotiating with the United States on how the two countries would divvy up the Gulf of Mexico's resources. <laughs> Imagine America's, America's negotiation position. Yeah, we'll have it all. Yeah, I can't imagine this is going to end well for Mexico. No. I don't know. It might. It might be. It might work out very handily for them. But I can imagine it's. Uh, yeah, they, they don't tend to play play nice, do they? Not really. No. Um, <clears throat> in September of 1997, the Secretary of the Navy of the Mexican government sent out an ocean uh, oceanograph vessel to try and locate the islands, covering over 300 square nautical miles in the general area of where their Isla Bermeja had appeared on various maps. They found nothing. Senator Concello accused the United States, specifically the CIA, of deliberately destroying the island as to, <laughs> as to nullify any larger claims Mexico would have in the Gulf. So here's the thing: I could imagine. Right, I, let's get rid of the fucking island. Yeah, and, and and when I say America, I don't mean all Americans. Obviously, mm. I'm sort of talking about some sort of governments and sort of kind of things. We, yeah, you know, some, some of the shady, the fruit, well, yeah, shady members. There's of, some uh, demonstrable history, and you know, we yeah. had friends staying in a glass house. We're well aware of what the UK got up to as well. Um, but yeah, so 
But no, that sounds like one of those plans that the CIA would try and do, but then fuck it up spectacularly. Try, try to blow it up with an exploding cigar. Yeah, yeah, because you get Fidel Castro on there as well, and you know, two birds <laughs> one yeah, two birds one stone. Beautiful. I mean, because there was some really outlandish stuff in the CIA's history. I mean, just some outright crazy things. Um, yeah, they're a questionable organization. Yes. Uh, months before the senator's voice was permanently silent. And terrorism. And, oh, sorry, it's not torture, Chris. Enhanced interrogation. Enhanced interrogation. Well, as yeah. we well as we know, they're using our podcast for for a lot yes, of that. Well, now. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we can talk. You know. Well, exactly. We're in the we're in the pay. Sold out immediately. We're well, in technically, the technically, we are CIA operatives. Technically, so we know. technically, um, we have diplomatic immunity in our own country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we. We are in the pay. We are in the pay and the pocket of big enhanced interrogation. So, yeah, look, make a living. You, exactly. You know, you need information. We happen to have stumbled across a particularly excellent way of. It wasn't a niche I thought I'd ever be exploring, but you know what? Fits like a glove. What can I do? Well, it's um, daddy got to get paid. Well, that's kind of. Uh, I believe in that. Um, that book on uh, finance that Fifty Cent wrote with, um, <laughs> oh, with shit, that's yeah, with um, with some economist guy. Uh, the, the, in this century, the best way to kind of, like to move forward is to be someone who's adaptable and can you know and kind of can easily switch from one thing to another. So, you know, we started out as trying to make Monday a nice, a nice fun podcast. Brand, yeah, we yeah. So we yeah, vitamin water. We started out doing a nice a nice little podcast, and it turns out actually it has other uses. So we um, you know, we we followed, we adapted, and we followed the trail. It's, it's reuse of material, you know, to make the most use out of it, which in exactly. any way is saving the planet. Yeah, I think so. I think more recycling wouldn't be in the mess we're in now. Exactly. So. <clears throat> Uh, months before the senator's voice was permanently silenced in that fatal car crash in 1998, the US and Mexico signed the Clinton-Zadillo Treaty, which was heavily heavily influenced by big American oil companies. Uh-oh. No. And the partitioning of the Gulf into economic zones was completed. The Clinton-Zadillo uh, Treaty ignored the possible existence of Isa Bameha, and thus awarded the United States the lion's share of resources in the region. What a shocker. Oh, what's that panned out? Oh, well, there you go. Well, it sounds like it's all on the up and up. So, yeah. so is the island called Isla, Isla Bameha a real place? Was it once real and now gone? Was it something misdescribed or was it reported in the wrong place? The search for the truth begins in Florence, Italy. Mm. Oh, this is like Da Vinci Code, isn't it? <laughs> At the uh, Archivo di yeah, Stato. Very badly, it's going to be like the shit word puzzles. And, uh... At the Archivo di Stato. In these archives, there exists maps dating back to 1535, drawn by Gaspar Viejas, a Portuguese cartographer. On the map, there is a clear indication that the island exists in the Gulf of Mexico called Bameja, which older Iberian dialects means reddish in colour. The English word vermilion comes from the same Latin root as bermeja. Mm. 
on this map and others, the island was supposedly located at 22 degrees uh, 33 minutes north latitude and 91 degrees 22 minutes west longitude. Bermeja next appears in a 1544 map by Sebastian Cabot, the Italian explorer who sailed from uh, for England and charted many areas of North America. The map was printed in Antwerp and clearly shows Bermeja along with a small group of islands to the east of it called Negrilos. Over the centuries, like Isla Bermeja, the series of about six small coral uh, islets and the rocks known as Negrilos will appear and disappear. And to this day, the existence of the small chain of islands is also in dispute. So there's... Um, I like these kind of mystery islands. There's meant to be... There's one which appears on a load of maps, which is to the um, west of Ireland in the Atlantic. Okay, yeah. And that's... Um, I've got, like... Um, or my mum has, like, these kind of, uh, like, little kind of side tables, and they've got, like, an old map on them. Yeah. And it appears on that. I can't remember what it's called. I'll have to look it up. But, um, yeah, like, there's a there's a few of these kind of... Well, I think, like, in those days, I mean, like, whilst a lot of it were based on scientific principles, cartography was in an exact science because, mm. you know, you couldn't... You were using a chronometer, and that was, you know, as accurate as that was, was as accurate as going to be to position yourself. Properly. Yeah. Um, so you can, you know, I could never remember whether it's longitude or latitude. I think it's longitude, which you which you, you would do by the, the time taken since you've been going in a direction. And I think latitude you can tell from the um, whether the sun is in the sky. Or yeah. Whatever. Then I'm not saying that. But um, are you not? Why are you wearing yeah. that uniform? Toot toot. Because <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I mean, did the fact that it's made out of um, nylon not tip off that? Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, velvet velvet sailor's uniform. I'm going to change that. <laughs> it's just leather. <laughs> oh, my, PVC, my, P, my PVC sailor uniform. I mean, anything anything stain resistant. <laughs> so, Cabot's map was uh, especially useful for his English overlords, who encouraged piracy in the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico. Shocker. No privateers, Neil. Yeah. No I mean, I do not. like the fact that the British Navy effectively was just like a fucking extortion racket for about Yeah, but I mean, you could say the same for the Spanish and French navies as well. Well, it's quite funny. When we went to um, Valencia, and um, yeah, you could see a little bit of politicisation of um, one of the museums because they um, they talk about, you know, the, the age of exploration. I think it's, um, this is like, it was a maritime museum, but it's like a. There's a, they've got like a lovely park in Valencia, and then there's yeah. like um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's kind of you know it's, it's all sort of aquatic stuff for the museum. And they talk about the age of exploration, and it's like oh you know great explorers like Cortez and um, mm. whatever, and the English criminal Walter Raleigh, <laughs> <laughs> was a privateer and blundered ship, so, mm, slightly skewed. I mean yeah, you're not wrong, you're not yeah, fucking wrong, but, but I don't think Cortez was exactly fucking angry no, either. No, um, you get to get your own history. Really, the uh... The Portuguese were kind of the true explorers, and kind of Spain and England and stuff were plunderers, essentially. They were all after robbing up whatever uh, mm. indigenous peoples they could find, weren't they, at the end of the day? Um, yeah. But yeah. So, as a consequence, Isla Bermeja was also known as a hiding place for English and Dutch buccaneers. 
who would attack Spanish treasure ships and disrupt commerce in the area. At this time, it had been described as a lightly wooded island measuring roughly 80 square kilometres and with abundant bird life. The island first disappears in 1772 in a comprehensive map of New Spain by uh, Alzate and Ramirez. Neither Bermeja or the Tiley Islands of Negrillo are present. A few years after the publication of this map, official cartographers of the Spanish crown, Miguel de uh, Aldrete and Andreas uh, Valamara, sought to prove the existence of the island rumoured to be north of the Yucatan and hundreds of miles into the Gulf. From uh, Aldrete's diary of 1775, he writes, We sailed for Havana, trying to locate Bermeja and other islands. We arrived at the location of Bahama, even though it, the visibility was clear and the sea was calm, we did not discover anything. Not a spot, nor a mark, nor a variance in colour. Nothing. A few Have a brew. Huh? Have a brew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had, I had a couple of, had a couple of bickies. Um, a few decades later... in so that's a camp for wank. <laughs> So I just thought I'd bring the time down a bit further. Yeah, no, that's good. That's what you're mainly, here for. Mainly what I'm here for, yeah. Uh, a few decades later, in another journey from Veracruz to Havana, the captains of the ship, uh, San Julian and Buen Consejo, two men named Juan Moreno and Manuel Sandoval, respectively, reported the sightings of a large rock jutting out of the water east of where the maps put Isla Bermeja. The captains and later researchers determined the rock to be part of the Negrilos group, and somehow, although nearby, they had completely missed Bermeja. Reports like these were not uncommon in the 18th and 19th century. So, in the 19th and early 20th centuries, Isla Bermeja was reportedly shown on maps that were official or edited by or under the supervision of the Mexican government, but no maritime verification was known to have been carried out in the region during this time. So they've just gone, quite good if there's an island there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does sound a bit funny at the moment, because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a period of so I do get to say that cartography would have been exact in those periods, but like you, you would have, I don't know, really. Um, it just depends on how many sort of surveys and stuff they do. Of the you kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of think that if they're still looking for it now, you, you would kind of think, satellites, do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. You probably would be able to, you know. Well, I mean, you should have been able to back in the nineties, pretty much, shouldn't you? Aeroplanes, what about yeah. satellite imagery. Hmm. Yeah, we should start flying planes over. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you know, it's it's a big old place, I guess. But yeah, you would think you'd find it. Um, so the existence of the island is registered in the eighteen sixty four Ethnograph Charter of Mexico Government Edition. That's the one which costs a bit more, but you get the extra um, outfits yeah. and a special weapon. Beautiful. <laughs> and it's also in a book from that time called Islam Mexicanas, officially published by the Secretariat of Public Education. On page 110, the book places the island at 22 degrees 33 north latitude and 91 degrees 22 west. Some American and English maps of the 1800s not only show the existence of Isla Bermeja and the similarly on-again, uh, on off-again Negrilos chain, they also showed them as being a territory of the United States. Ooh. Ooh. 
with a small US in parentheses under the name on the islands of the map. So that's cheeky, isn't it? Well, I mean, as we said, I mean, it might not exist, but we own it. We'll have it anyway. (laughs) I mean, we've said before, though, I mean, you know, Texas used to be part of the Mexican Empire Mm -hmm. and California. So, you know, it's all a little bit as your father. (laughs) Mind you, Monroe and Doctrine. Was it Monroe Doctrine? Dana or whatever. What was that? Basically, it said you know Americans. Um, oh, was that like the just just because we can we can take over wherever we like? All right, because yeah, there's the thing about. I think I might be mixing up two different things, but there was. A, let's have a look. Well, there's the thing about. He was a senator in, in the. There's a thing about if if an island's uninhabited and it has guano on it, i.e., bird shit, then and an American sets foot on it, then it's part of America. That was like a law they wrote in, which is. <laughs> Another quite good one. Because <laughs> guano, obviously, very useful. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, it was the, uh, the key way of getting hold of nitrogen back in um, before uh, Harbour managed to um, use chemistry to do that. Oh, no, the Monroe Doctr- um, Doctrine, sorry, I'll get my um, facts mixed up. That was basically saying that um, no Western country should interfere in the political affairs of the, the Americas. Right. You know, it, yeah, it's yeah. for us to colonialise all of these people. Um, but do it secretly. So yeah. Um, but yeah, they just basically didn't want the um, you know the French and the British and the Spanish to stay out of our affairs or affairs adjacent to our country kind of thing. Yeah, yeah and the good, good thing is at least that's reciprocated with the affairs of say I don't know the Middle East. Well, yeah, I mean, or I don't I mean, know. To be fair, the that, was, that was back in the eighteenth um, century. So yeah, so they didn't want less. they didn't want the old world powers being yeah stomping around getting involved in the americas yeah, I, I can't remember the term but basically yeah there was a whole thing that they came up with which is because you know so if you think like the you know the british assets in america originally it's like 13 colonies wasn't it? i think mm. and the french and sort of in New Orleans and canada and sort of stuff yeah in canada um or parts and, of canada. and a lot um, of the caribbean yeah um but um Basically, that kind of march westwards, if you like, mm. where it took over indigenous people's lands. I can't remember how. There's, there's, there's some, some center or something. He kind of like coined a term for why it was all morally correct. Oh, the um, was it the uh, manifest destiny? It, yeah, I think it might be manifest destiny. Yeah, yeah. that's um, that's a yeah, that's a destiny to sort of yeah, take it's over. A, it's, a tru- it's a it's a tru- it's a bit, it, bit like it's a troubling sorry. theory. Yeah, it's a bit like, um, was it called a Pax Romanica or whatever it was? It's like, oh, we're just spreading peace all around the world by invading and making you pay us tax. Yeah, and uh, moving you off your land and sticking you, yeah. sticking you in to live in a desert. Or if you're a bit cheeky like Carthage, literally committing genocide and insulting your entire country. <laughs> that's a bit spicy, right? Jesus. Yeah, manifest destiny, that's it. Destined by God to expand its dominion and spread democracy, which is interesting considering. Considering, I believe that part of the uh, constitution is that church and state should be separate. Anyway, yeah, always been a little bit sniffy on that. One. Much more clear on the one about guns, funnily enough. So, uh, so this was not uncommon to see, as many unclaimed or out of the way small islands, recent atolls, were claimed by the United States under the Guano Islands Act. There we go, there of eighteen fifty six. The first part of the act reads... Nice island, get your own. 
whenever a citizen of the United States discovers a deposit of guano on any island, rock, or key, not within the lawful jurisdiction of any other government, and not occupied by the citizens of any other government, and takes peaceable possessions thereof, and occupies the same such island, rock, or key, may, at the discretion of the president, be considered as appertaining to be the United States. I mean, that's probably not much more, um, you know, shaky than the logic. No, I mean... All the Western powers took over everything else. Yeah. No, I mean, like, they, they basically... They, Plant a flag on it. Yeah, yeah they've, 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 followed, they've followed the colonial game plan. Yeah. You know, they're kind of... They, they took up the, the British Empire's mantle very nicely. <laughs> yes. So... Whether any American ever visited Bameha or Negrillos and made a territorial claim is not known. Cartographers may have just been following... They would have done that, wouldn't they? Oh, definitely. Following a convention of labelling any remote island of rocks as being in possession of the United States. Oh, like, does anyone own this? Pfft, don't know, just put US. Although he did say, didn't, didn't he say, though, that an American citizen has to have... Mm-hmm. Set foot on it, so that that seems kind of almost fair enough. No, but what it but what they're saying here is the what cartographers would do is if it's not owned by anyone, they just put US down. Yeah. So I, it's just a placeholder. Just placeholder. That placeholder happens to become permanent. So, yeah. <laughs> so by the nineteen by the nineteen twenties, Isla Bameja had disappeared from most maps. Officials from Mexico's Ministry of Foreign Affairs even declared before the Mexican Congress that the island had sunk and no longer existed. I sunk. It's a, yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, but island's always sinking. Well, again, Island Man, it's up and down like a fucking moon, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, that, that's why they've all got gills. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean... Cats have got three tails or whatever it is. <laughs> I, I mean, is it a... I don't really know. Is it an area which has a lot of tectonic activity, the Gulf of Mexico? Uh, I don't know, because, like, California, there's quite a bit. But that's there? miles. Um, that's, mile, is... that's on the other side of the country. Hang on a minute. I... The Gulf of Mexico's the curly bit where you've got, like, Florida and then, like, oh, Louisiana and then Texas place, yes. and then you've got all Mexico. I was thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, no, that's a completely different part. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, like sinking islands, whether that's down to tectonic activity or what would normally cause. It'd normally be tectonic activity. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they kind of they got a puncture or something. <laughs> well, now, well, I imagine sometimes it might be sea rise. Um, yeah, the sea level would have to just... rise a fair bit, wouldn't it? Yeah, or you know, you can get like um, you know, it, it's sort of. Chomps across it until it all sort of, yeah. I, I think know. I'm going to stick to tectonic. Um, <clears throat> Fair enough. <laughs> so, a Mexican senator at the time, Luis uh, Coppola uh, Joffroy, made statements to the media about the Foreign, uh, Foreign Affairs Ministry presentation to Congress. He said, Although since the 16th century, the state of Yucatan was included as part of national and international maps, since 1920s, Isa Bameja has no longer taken into account as Mexican national territory. And at present, physically, the information is not found or hidden by different authorities and government entities. The last government-printed schoolbook showing Isla Bermeja was released in 1946, 
So the <laughs> books aren't up to date. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I'm still not convinced of the existence of this island, to be honest with you. I don't seem to. That's why it's a mystery to... island now. Yeah. Could it be? I reckon, I reckon UFOs. I reckon UFOs stole it. Uh, well, it sounds like it. Is it anyone in the Bermuda Triangle? I mean, obviously not, but but is it? It's not. No. I mean, how big how big a triangle could it be? There could be a know, different one that we don't know about. Yeah. The, Yuc- one in Alaska, wouldn't they, which the was... Yucatan Triangle. Yeah. So after that, interest in the island disappeared. It seems along with the island. It was only during the Clinton administration. Hi, Bill Clinton. It's a great impression. In the United States <laughs> during the 1990s. Hey, sucks the cat, and I'm playing the saxophone. During the 1990s, when Mexican national attention focused once again on Isla Bermeja, on the insistence of Senator Conchelo. With the clinton Zedillo Treaty in force for over a decade and with American oil companies already well-established with gigantic platforms in the Gulf on agreed-to territory, interest in the Isla Bermejo resurfaced, much like an island rising out of the sea. I mean, to be fair, that is very much, well, they've done all the infrastructure work and now it's... We'll have it now. Yeah, we'll have a bit of that. Oh, fair enough. I mean, it doesn't necessarily sound like they got a particularly good end of that deal. Well, no, and, and as we've already established, you know, so, quite often sort of the shitty end of the stick from American... Mexican so Mexi- American territorial waters go out 2,000 miles. Mexico's, yours go out 10 miles. Okay, sign it. Sign it or we won't trade with you. Sign it, all of our frat boys won't come over for drunken keggers. <clears throat> thus decimating your economy. We'll stop buying cocaine as well. No. We mean it. We'll stop growing our own cocaine if you... Don't sign the treaty. Uh, Right. In in 2009, there were three formal expeditions to find the island. On March 20th, 2009, the uh, oceanographic vessel uh, Justo Sierra of the National Autonomous University of Mexico, or UNAM, Sailed from the port of Tuxpan, the Veracruz, to conduct an on-site study. The vessel was equipped with the most modern and scientific devices for marine research. The results of this expedition that were published in the UNAM Gazette of June 25th, 2019. Well, it indicated that there were no vestiges of an island in the area studied. So So not even like an island that sank. In the area studied, though, Neil. The deck on the right place, we don't know. We do not know. It also points out that at the point of at the point of interest, the sea has a depth of one thousand four hundred and seventy-two meters <laughs> and is on a flat bottom. So they're not yeah, it doesn't look like anything sunk there. No. The UNAM expedition did not rule out that the vestiges of the island are in a different coordinates or that the island had existed in the past. Its disappearance could be explained by geological forces causing it to sink. The second expedition... Fairly vague, as, as explanations go, but yeah. Well, I mean, that's... Geological forces, isn't it? That's, that's geologists for you, Neil. Yeah, pretty vague. Very imprecise. Oh, this rock could be a million years old, could be 10 million years old, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, carbon dating. I don't know, I need to get down a camera pub and have a nice ale... Um, the second expedition was carried out between May 25th to June 1st of the same year by the Mexican Navy vessel Rio Tuxapan. 
and was sponsored by the Mexican Society of Geography and Statistics. It's nice, isn't it, that those two are working together, statistics and geography? Well, normally they're just warring all the time, aren't they? Well, exactly, yeah. I'm, and you hate statisticians, don't you, Chris? Yeah, but, I'm, but, I, love ge- but I love geography. Yeah. I'm, you know, that's why I wear that. I've got that um, hanky with a map on that I wear out of my back pocket so that people know which side, which side I'm on. Um, so, although... Uh, d- I mean, none of them do, do know that because it's quite obscure kind of like reference. Yeah, I mean, you, there's not a huge amount of crossover with uh, the... The more gets you kind of like... Geography, geography and, certain bars geography and statistics. Uh, the Venn diagram between geography and statistics people and uh, gang culture in America um, is, is quite, a th- quite a thin sliver where those two overlap. Yeah. And that thin sliver is me. So, although a definitive and official version of the expedition is not available, information was made public throughout interviews published in the uh, Diario de Yucatan and the notes published by the expedition participant Edwin uh, Corona. The expedition's mission was simple to clear up doubts and make known the whereabouts of the Bermeja Islands. Rio Tuxpan travelled 1,500 kilometres and did not just inspect the island's assumed coordinates, but also explored much of the surrounding waters. This expedition Mm. found nothing and concluded that the existence of Isla Bermeja and of the small chain of islands called Negrilos was simple cartographic error repeated over time. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Chris, with this one, is a lot more like cartography that hasn't got anywhere and a lot less CIA nuclear bombing an island out of existence than I'd hoped for. But there you go. Neil, look, the story, the sto- the story goes where Stories it goes. The story is. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry it's not exciting enough for you. Yeah. You know? I'm glad you're sorry. Well, I'm not really. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm trying to move this podcast into a more... Um, more fact more so. educational direction. Yeah, do you think that's wise? Believe us. Tell me. I don't know. Like, just keep, just keep trying. Maybe getting someone who knows how to pronounce basic words. Just keep, help us. just keep trying different things and see what hits. Do you know what I mean? Scattergun approach. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Trying to get it right at some point. <laughs> you can put that receiver. Bound to. Uh, the third expedition was financed by Television Azteca. Uh, the ship uh, Kalin Ha set sail on June the 5th, 2009, with several researchers on board, among them the historian and cartographer, a specialist in cartographer of the Yucatan Peninsula, uh, Mikel uh, Anticheo Colpa. Although this trip was made. He's a beauty, so. I know. Although this trip was made in more precarious conditions than the previous two, from the point of view of the technical equipment available on board, the conclusions were similar. Mm. And Jim, I'm picking up a heavy vibe that nobody's going to find this island. Well, not yet. No, okay. Um, Chu stated, La Bameja is not only the disappeared island, the small archipelago uh, in the old maps, Negrillos Island, or the reef of Negrillos does not exist, nor do any other key reefs Keys or reefs in the so-called Arias Bank. Look, lads, third time to charm. It's <laughs> definitely out there. I'm going to get you all that oil money, yeah, because even if we do find it, absolutely, you know, 
the US are really going to concede this when they're making money out of that oil. So that's definitely going to happen. So um, just thought we'd find some pretext for how they already owned it, even though it didn't exist beforehand. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, at the moment, it... I, I do wonder if just some cartographers wanted to go on a few jollies. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. Oh, we should definitely go hunting because that'd be good, wouldn't it? You just go and hunt for an island that doesn't exist. Do a bit of fishing. And if it does, if it does turn up, it'd be like winning the lottery, wouldn't it? Yeah, really you're in international waters. You can kind of do some stuff which may be frowned upon in polite society. Way back when, you know, you'd be claiming islands left, right, and centre. Yeah, like well, nobody lives here. Well, nobody I care about. So uh, no yeah, one Christian. This, yeah. Well, no, they are. Got- they are Christian. Well, they're not white and Christian. Yeah. Um, so, in addition to the sea expeditions, there have been attempts to locate the island by air and satellite. The, the Christian Island enjoyed getting to heaven a bit quicker, won't they? Exactly. It stands to reason. Yeah. Kill me now. Uh, one notable attempt to locate... I'd, I'd go now, and I've got all of this, you know, God's mission to do. Well, exactly. Keeping all these islands. Yeah. And, um, you know, you've got a lot of work to do with the with the Brotherhood of Colin. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, one notable attempt to locate the island by air was made by the Mexican television network Televisa, which created a show about Isla Bermeja that considered the island to be a mystery along the lines of the Bermuda Triangle. Mm. Indeed, others have noted the existence of ley lines oh. crossing the path of the island or mysterious vortexes, oh, I was picking up right at the end, Maylands and vortexes. nearby that may cause the island to pop in and out of existence. There you go, Neil. Very like Lost. If, or it could be a magical glowing hole. could be a French magician. It is Mexico. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If the island's once existed and is de- indeed now gone, there are many theories to explain its disappearance, from rising sea levels due to global warming to destruction by hurricanes or other natural forces to Senator Concello's theories about CIA obliteration of a tiny piece of very valuable Mexican territory. Mm. But the story of Isla Bermeja is not over. On April the 4th, 2012, a man named Marco Antonio Salvo Veloso uploaded a five-and-a-half-minute video to YouTube about a fishing trip he and two friends taken to Isla Bermeja. The island has the reddish tone, ample birds and scrubby trees that were described in the 16th century. Uh, there were no compass coordinates accompanying the video, so there's no way of telling exactly where Salvo uh, Veloso actually was. Mm but it seems like this wasn't his first trip out to the island, whether real or imagined, sunk or destroyed, caught between vortexes or blinking out of space and time. Isla Bermeja remains a little-known but intriguing Mexican mystery. So that's nice, isn't it? Well, it's a bit of something, yeah. So um, I'm just going to have a little look on here. So I'm just trying to find... At this point, I'm just going to mention that, you know, interesting. Mm. Mexicans and Americans spell chili with one L. We spell it with two, Chris. Imagine that. I can't imagine it. Like chili con carne. They call it chili con carne in Mexico as well. Yeah. Chili. One L. Carne meaning meat. And it's not chili. It's quite hot. (laughs) <laughs> that's awful isn't it that, that is awkward mm. 
you know, I, th- I think we should um, break all, <laughs> break all, <laughs> break all um, diplomatic ties with them. Again, because they're, they're just trying to confuse us. I wonder if like Australians spell it in two hours as well. Yeah, they would do, wouldn't they? I'd hope so. Yeah, that's a, New Zealand. They still respect yeah. the Queen. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what side they're bred, but drive on the right side of the road. So there isn't. Which I mean, the left. There is there isn't um, a lot about um, just having a look here. I mean, it doesn't seem to have been any really particularly definitive sightings of this island. I'll say this much. So yeah, okay, appeared on a few maps a few hundred years ago. Um, It sounds like, but you know, we know that those. Maps could be inaccurate or could be miles away from where the actual thing was. Yeah. Not uncommon. I'm just trying to have a look and see if there's any more kind of about the CIA's plot or conspiracy, but it literally just is blew it up. Right. That. Well, again, because we started quite excitingly with, with a man getting rammed off the road and it's like, oh, it's been a mm. It's been said a lot more like a coincidence, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I think there's so. not a lot to back it up. Yeah, so I think it's just um, the guy who got hit by Canelo, Senator Canelo. Um, mm. I think he just said that the CIA had probably blown it up. There doesn't seem to be much else apart from him. Well, we can't blow up an island, but we can ram into your car. So have a taste of that. <laughs> you cheeky fuck. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so let's have a look. Is there anything else? I think that's about it, to be honest, Neil. Mm. It was a... Uh, well, it's an intriguing little tale. Well, it's, you know, it's our first look at um, a disappearing island, so I guess, you know, yeah. it has some value. But uh, <laughs> I think we'll, uh, you know, we'll preface for when we do Atlantis one day. Yes, absolutely. Do an eight-part, do a series on Atlantis. Oh. So, shall we go through our scoring system then, Neil? I think we should. I think we should. Okay. Well, spookiness, Neil. Uh, so, what do you reckon? It seems very spooky to me. I'm not sure about how you feel about it. Oh, oh. Disappearing islands. I can't think of anything to keep me up more at night. Um, no, well, we live on an island, of course. So. Well, exactly. Imagine if that disappeared. And everyone... You, you imagine, you go on holiday, Chris, yeah. like France or something, yeah. and then you're like, oh, I want to fly back to, you know, England. That's gone. Like, what? Where, what's England? What's, 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 what's... But I've got... What's this blue passport you're waving around? No, passport's around here. You'd end up around. being like the man from Talreg. Yeah, I would, wouldn't you? Do you reckon that's what happened to him? His island I reckon that's probably exactly what happened to him. He was probably yeah. from... We didn't know. Isla so Bermeja, research, but... But, it was, yeah. but that's what the Spanish called it, but he called it Talreg. Blow your mind, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, no, not terribly spooky, this one, to be honest with you. I mean, other than... I mean, like I say, I could kind of... Blown up an island, maybe not. But I kind of believe some of the shenanigans were just a bit spooky. But no, I'm not seeing a lot of evidence that anything's really happened here. They just did it with shovels. More a lot of boring stories about oceanography. And, yeah. Yeah, so kind of the opposite of spooky, really. So I'm going to give it a one. One, okay. Yeah, well, I will, I will admit that the story wasn't necessarily fireworks. <laughs> you know, it's, it sounded good on paper, Chris. I'll it did it sound good on paper, and you've got to try these things. Um yeah, it's not. There's not really anything spooky here. I mean, I would say that America's grab for natural resources uh, at the cost of their neighbours 
it's probably I think that's quite spooky the kind of power projection which they wield so um I think that's quite spooky um and also it's all stuff which is gonna help to destroy the planet so that's quite spooky so for those two reasons I'm going to give it a three nil so believability so um I mean it's on maps and stuff it's not like completely you know I mean it is I don't know what it is but I mean it is on maps and stuff so obviously people did think it was there and people are still looking for it so there's obviously some belief in it um whether it was there and it went because of geological reasons or whether it was just the maps were wrong um but people definitely believed in it and to some extent sort of still go out and have a look for it kind of up till quite recently. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing supernatural about it or anything. So do I think there's an island there or was an island there? Possibly. So because of that, I'm giving it a 7 now. Okay, I'm going to go down a little bit on this one just because I think you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, there is documentary evidence. Having said that, it, you know, contact at the time would have been imprecise. So I don't know there's been any reliable evidence with any kind of current technology. So it doesn't... <clears throat> but is it possible? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it may have been, it may have sunk. It's possible, I guess. Um, so I'm going to give it a five. Okay, reach, Neil. Uh, I mean, I say this every week, but I haven't heard of this. But I don't... I don't, It doesn't sound... Again, it really just reminds me of Lost for some reason, but um, I don't think it's based on it. Um, it Lost, yeah, Lost might be. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're inspired by it. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think this one probably does have massive reach, other than some sort of trade agreements. And it just feels like grasping for a way that we might. Well, it's in the school books. Hoping beyond hope that we might be able to get some money out of this, which is going to you know increase your interest in it. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> I doubt it's known that well outside of North America, Central America. Um, not been around that long, so five hundred years. Well, no, I mean in terms of the the, t- the Tully Island, I mean you know people weren't talking about it, were they? Well, it was on the maps. <laughs> yeah, it was on maps, mm. but that wasn't. But that's not what I call. Re- I mean, right. for me, it's about the reach of the urban legend. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Or, or, or it might be true. Um, you know, so yeah. Just because it's documented in maps doesn't mean that that's sure. People were talking about that as tower. Anyway, that's well. <clears throat> I'll give it a four. Yeah, so um, so I'm thinking of the island of Bermeja, like because that really is the urban legend, whether it exists or not. Um, you know, 500 years is it, it's, is it there? Is it not? That's quite a long time, so it's got a decent reach through time. Um, it was in you know school books in Mexico until hmm. 60, 70 years ago. Um, and people are still going out and they're making TV shows about it. So, I mean, it's not—it's definitely known in Mexico, probably to an extent in America, possibly a bit in, you know, because it's on the maps which were done by um, Spanish sailors. So there's probably a bit of stuff there as well. Um, so I'm going to give it a five, I think. So narrative slash premise. Well... The premise that there was an island and then it's not there anymore, that's 
fairly unusual one. Uh, perhaps the CIA blew it up. That I mean, that was just one bloke saying it, but I mean, it's quite it's quite good. It's all part of the story, don't it? All part of the story. It's quite good. Um, you know, and it kind of ties into all the sort of buccaneers and the you know the age of discovery. Which, well, the age of discovery for Europeans. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's still a bit like, you know, is it there? Is it not? Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's not, it's not very strong, but it's not the weakest. I'm going to give it a four nil. Yeah. It's a bit higher for me on this one. So, um, I quite like the narrative stuff. As a story, it's not made the most use of it, but I think there's some really strong elements. So you've got, you know, the CIA, uh, alleged plot, there's the potential, you know, more powerful neighbor, um, you know, trying to cover up over there, you know, other neighbours to sort of make some money. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, there, there's 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 politics, there's money involved, there's a disappearing island, that's pretty cool. I think it's quite quite a strong premise. It's the foundations for a story rather than the full story itself. And, you know, the um, politician being assassinated, yeah. you know, potentially to cover something up. I think you could make a good kind of like conspiracy movie out of this, so I'm going to give it a six. Six, okay. And that gives us a fairly low, but not too bad, 35. So that was our first look at uh, a disappearing piece of land, uh, which is what people will come to when they want to hear about urban legends. It'll become more common in future. So, you know, <laughs> just getting ahead of the curve. Don't you worry about it. Yeah, exactly. It will. As, as, as sea levels all over the, the place, sea levels rise, we'll, in, a, in, a, in 500 years' time, there'll, there'll be our, our descendants doing... The urban legend will be the fact that there ever was land. The descendants will be talking about about Florida in this way, yeah. um, and the Netherlands. Um, so... Be a little patch of land in the Himalayas somewhere. <laughs> so uh, if you've ever been to the Isla Bameha, then uh, please get in touch at herb.legends.podcast at gmail.com. Um, but apart from that, um, you know, uh, let's try and uh, make sure that no more islands disappear in the near future. Good, wouldn't it? It'd be all right. It's an unachievable, unachievable goal, but um, yeah. you know, if you, you know, shoot for the moon. Um, so, jump the shark. Um, so, <laughs> should be kind of motivated. It's going to affect all of us, but there you go. Nah, whatever. Um, whatever. Pff, I like quite a drive in my car now. Yeah. Um, you see the price of gas? Petrol. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I will uh, wish you a lovely week and uh, we'll see you next time with another Urban Legends. Goodbye. I'll bid you adieu, the pretentious fashion. Adieu. <laughs> adieu, monsieur. Adieu, monsieur. <laughs> Should have been Spanish, really, shouldn't it? Oh, but buena noches, perhaps. Yeah, buenos, buenos dias. Buenos dias. Bye. Bye.